Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, coach and life alchemist, Sharin Eskandani, and I have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives. This podcast is where mindset, mindfulness, and manifestation meet. Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me in one of my transformational programs, you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love, welcome to this week's episode. So I'm not sure how this happened, but we are six weeks away from the end of the year. We are six weeks away from the end of 2023. We are also on the precipice of the holiday season. Okay, so this is a very activating time of year. It's a time of year in which a lot of amazing things are happening, but it's also the time of year when we have to face a lot of challenges and difficulties and, you know, simply things and people we don't like, right? The holiday season, the most wonderful and terrible time of the year. So today's episode is all about us getting ready, getting ready for the next six weeks, whether that means getting ready for that holiday meal that you're going to have at a family member's house that you don't really like, or whether that is getting ready for some of that shame and judgment that we place on ourselves at the end of the year. You know, that time when we look back on the last 12 months and we get really hard on ourselves for maybe not doing the things we wanted to do. So in this episode, we are going to explore, focus, learn, create, and cultivate the one key, the one skill, the one tool all of us need during the holiday season. And no, it is not Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Although that song really does help in a lot of situations. But no, today we're going to talk about really that one thing that is going to help us not only get through this season, but thrive, right? Because this is a time of year where there is so much love and joy. There is so much to be savored and to be enjoyed. And I do not want any of us spending this time being hard on ourselves, being judgmental, ruminating. No, 
I want you to have the holiday season that you truly dream of. And today, we're going to look at how we can do that. Before we do, a reminder that applications for our January cohort of the Wholehearted Life Coaching Certification are due by December 3rd. If you want to learn how to become a heart-centered, decolonized coach and create a real impact in this world, all while doing work that you love, then I hope you will apply. You can head to wholeheartedcertification.com slash programs, or just go to the show notes. Okay, let's get into this week's Mindset Monday. It reads, The truth is that so many of us are afraid of self-compassion. We are afraid that if we are kind to ourselves, we won't strive for more. We are afraid that if we are kind to ourselves, we won't be motivated to change. We are afraid that if we are kind to ourselves, we will no longer be driven. Which means that deep down, we believe that the only way forward is to be unkind to ourselves. So today's episode was inspired by a recent conversation in my group coaching program, Wholehearted Woman. We were talking about self-compassion, and we were discussing the importance of it. We were talking about the ways we can practice it, all of which we're going to talk about in today's episode. And to do this, I offered some prompts to the community. And one of those prompts was, I am afraid if I am kind to myself, I. And I gave them some time to answer and reflect on this prompt. And as I say this prompt, you know, I am afraid if I'm kind to myself, I, I also want you to take a moment to answer that. What comes up for you? If I am kind to myself, I am afraid I. When we came back as a community after we had done the prompts, after the group had done the prompts, one of the participants looked really deep in thought, like something had shifted, something deep had come up. And I asked them if they wanted to share. And they said that when they answered that prompt, they realized that they are afraid that if they are kind to themselves, they won't be motivated. They won't want to push themselves to do more, to strive for more, to move forward. This idea that if we are kind to ourselves, then that means we become complacent and stuck in life. And then this participant said, oh my gosh, I am realizing that deep down I believe that the only way forward is to be mean to myself. And as I say that, does that resonate with you? Deep down, do you hold on to the belief the only way to be a go-getter, to realize our big dreams, to push ourselves, to move forward, is to be mean to yourself? I don't think that this is any one of our intentions. I don't think that any of us start the day saying to ourselves, hey, if you want to get far in life, be a real dick to yourself, okay? <laughs> Like, I really don't think that. But I do think 
that so many of us unconsciously live our lives with this belief. We do not trust self-compassion. We don't trust being kind to ourselves. Yes, we understand how important it is. Yes, we do it for other folks. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like we're exempt from it. We don't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. Which means that to go after our biggest dreams, we have to be unkind. And I know that this community, this wholehearted community, is full of amazing dreamers. And unfortunately for us dreamers, so often our fuel is self-criticism. I know this because you are me. I am you. This is how I used to go after my biggest dreams. It was through self-criticism. For the longest time, my inner voice, the voice that was pushing me toward those big goals and dreams that I had, was so unkind. It berated me. It judged me. It made me believe that the only way that I could achieve those huge goals was to be mean to myself. And while this voice got me far, it also made me miserable. When I got to that finish line, when I got to the goal, I was depleted and exhausted, thinking, okay, was this thing actually worth it, right? Because the journey toward what I wanted was so mean to myself. I was constantly judging myself, berating myself, ruminating. I was making myself miserable, all in the name of achieving my goals. I remember when I first started learning about self-compassion, you know, when I really got into mindfulness. It's, it's a topic that we hear so often in the world of wellness. Be more kind to yourself. Extend yourself grace. Be patient with yourself, right? We hear all of these things. They sound good. They sound great. However, we don't trust it. I did not trust self-compassion, right? Because I had built 30 plus years of life on self-criticism. So there was this big part of me that was like, okay, this like being nice to yourself stuff sounds great. It sounds really fantastic, okay? But you are a go-getter and this isn't what go-getters do. If you're kind to yourself, you're just gonna get lazy. Just like my client, just like my client and wholehearted woman said, I am going to become complacent. And this is a big unspoken truth. We don't trust self-compassion. I really want you to be honest with your self-love. Do you fully trust self-compassion? I mean, maybe you do because you've been listening to this podcast for a while and I talk about self-compassion pretty often because I really do think that self-compassion is the key. It is the key to our motivation. It is the key to sustainability. It is the key to resilience. It is the key to seeing things through and thriving. We all need self-compassion. We all deserve self-compassion. We are all worthy of self-compassion. We are worthy of our own kindness. However, we have a lot of biases against it, right? We worry that if we are 
self-compassionate, if we are kind to ourselves, we'll become lazy. We are worried that if we are kind to ourselves, we won't be driven to do more. We are worried that it's going to make us weak, that it's a form of self-pity. We worry that if we are not hard on ourselves, we won't be motivated to change or do more. We're worried that if we are not hard on ourselves when we make a mistake, then we're just going to keep making that mistake again and again, right? That we have to punish ourselves in order to make amends or to learn. And as I say those, do those ring true in some way? I am afraid if I am kind to myself, I. What comes up for you, love? I always say that if we want to fully create and cultivate anything new, anything new and worthy like self-compassion, we first have to figure out what is holding us back from that. So that prompt is a key. I want you to figure out what holds you back from fully embracing compassion, kindness, grace, and patience toward yourself. Now, you may be wondering, you know what? I think Shireen has a point here, but how does this apply to the holiday season? So this is a time of year in which we get really activated, right? Where a family member that we avoid for, you know, 11 months of the year, we have to see again. And it's that family member that brings up that thing that makes us feel not so great about ourselves. It's the time of year in which we feel like we are so behind and there is so much on our plates and we can't seem to get anything done. It's the time of year where we look at those resolutions that we set 12 months ago, 11 months ago, and we say to ourselves, what the heck was I doing for the past year? This is a time of year in which we can be really mean and unkind toward ourselves. It can be a time of year in which we really get judgmental, where we pack on a lot of shame and guilt, and self-compassion is the antidote to all of that. Okay, so let's say your aunt says that thing, that thing that you hate and they say it every damn year. Maybe you snap at them. Self-compassion is how you show yourself kindness and say, it's okay, it's okay that you did that. I absolutely understand why you did that. Let's say that you have so much to do professionally and personally. You have stuff to do at work, you have stuff to do within your family, and everything seems half-assed or not done. Self-compassion is the moment where you can take a deep breath and say, it's okay. There is so much on your plate right now. You just get what you can get done, done. And take really good care of yourself, okay? Let's say that you get to December 30th and you look at that resolutions list and you are like, what have you been doing? You've done nothing. Self-compassion is that moment when you can really be kind to yourself and say, hey, this may not have been the year that we thought it was going to be, but that is okay. That is absolutely okay. 
You did your best, even though your best looked a little different than when you thought it was going to look like. But that is okay. That's self-compassion. It's not letting ourselves off the hook. It's about not going into that spiral of self-hate and self-judgment. Tara Brock says, Feeling compassion for ourselves in no way releases us from responsibility for our actions. Rather, it releases us from the self-hatred that prevents us from responding to our life with clarity and balance. Self-compassion doesn't mean that we get lazy or complacent or that we don't try. It means that we don't spend hours, days, weeks being unkind to ourselves, getting ourselves stuck in that moment, berating ourselves. And study after study shows that self-compassionate people are incredibly driven folks. So one of the preeminent researchers around self-compassion is Dr. Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. I really encourage you to listen to her TED Talks, read her books, but she has done so much scientific research around self-compassion. And all of her studies have shown that folks who really practice self-compassion are more resilient, they're more focused, they're more creative, they are better problem solvers. They have shown that self-compassionate people are more confident and able to see things through. They have a higher rate of seeing things through. Self-compassion is the key. We're looking for all of these hacks and tools and things, but really love, it comes down to self-compassion. Because if you understand that you are going to have your own back, no matter what happens, you will be more open to taking risks. You will be open to trying more. You will be open to doing new things. I think one of the reasons that we are so afraid of making a mistake is because we are so mean to ourselves on the other side. We are afraid to make a mistake because we don't want to meet that judgy bully on the other side. But could you imagine that if you were kind to yourself, patient with yourself, if you extended yourself grace, as you do to so many of your friends and family members when they make a mistake, could you imagine what is possible then? Everything. The answer is everything. I know this to be true because the reason why I have this full life that I have now, the reason why I keep doing all of these things, reaching different goals, striving for more and different is because I am so damn nice to myself. Now I want us to look at how we can be nice to ourselves. What are the ways in which we can create and cultivate self-compassion? So there are three components to self-compassion as outlined by Kristen Neff. The three are self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. We're going to look at each of these components, each of these pillars, and I'm going to offer you some holiday exercises to try them out. 
So the first component is self-kindness. So self-kindness is the ability to extend the kindness and care we would toward others, toward ourselves. So it's do unto yourself as you would unto others. This pillar, self-kindness, is asking you to be just as kind, patient, nice with yourself as you are to the people in your life that you love and care about. And when I say that, I kind of laugh because so often we are so compassionate to people that we don't even care about, right? Think about that ex that you were so kind and patient with time and again. So the kindness part, love. You know how to do it. And self-kindness is asking you to show that same kindness to yourself. So let's try a holiday-themed practice that is centered in self-kindness. And I will say this may be a bit of a toughie, but I really encourage you to try it. So I want you to think of something that you really wanted to accomplish this year. Something you really wanted to do and weren't able to do it. So thinking of a goal that you had set for yourself, maybe an intention, a resolution that about 12 months ago you were really excited to do. And here we are at the end of the year and, you know, either you weren't able to do it at all or maybe to the best of your ability. Okay, so thinking of that thing. And as you think of that thing, I want you to become aware of the feelings that come up and the thoughts and beliefs. Maybe you want to take a moment to write those down. Maybe you just want to become aware of them. So what are those feelings? What are the sensations? What are the thoughts and beliefs that come up as you think of this thing that you wanted to do, but maybe didn't get around to doing? So now you're really aware of how you're feeling toward yourself, maybe some judgment, maybe some guilt and shame, becoming aware of those thoughts that are coming up, maybe things like, not another year, I can't believe you did this, what were you doing? So now, I want you to imagine that someone really close to you, someone that you love, maybe a family member, a friend, if you have kiddos, maybe it's your kid, and they come up to you and they share with you that there was something they wanted to get done this year and they just didn't do it. They couldn't do it. And they're feeling really down about it. They're feeling a lot of judgment. They're thinking really unkind things about themselves. I want you to think of what you would say to them and how you would hold space for them. So what are the things you would say and what are the things you would do or not do? Just reflect on that. And as you think of that, right, think of how you would talk to and treat someone you love. Compare that to how you talk to yourself and treat yourself in the same situation. Self-kindness 
is asking you to do those same things, to say those same things to yourself. No one deserves your kindness, your love, your patience, your grace as much as you do. Okay, so all that love and kindness you're giving out, love, that is meant for you first and foremost. All right, now let's move on to our second pillar, the second component, common humanity. So common humanity is the ability to recognize that we are all flawed. We are all works in progress. So self-criticism makes us feel isolated and alone, right? It takes away that connectedness to others. It makes us feel that we are the only dum-dum who has ever done this thing or felt this way, right? You are the only dum-dum who has snapped at your kids at the holidays. You are the only dum-dum who has burnt all of your side dishes, right? You are the only dum-dum who forgot to get the ticket to that really important thing, and now you have total FOMO. Okay, so that's self-criticism. Common humanity on the other side is really about reminding yourself that you are not the only person who has ever done this or felt this way. Self-compassion is about connection. It's about connecting us to others, to humanity, to this big, wide world full of imperfect humans. Okay, so common humanity is about reminding yourself that you are not the only one. You are not the only one who has experienced this, who has done this, or has felt this way before, right? It reminds us that what we're going through, what we just did, is natural and normal and a common experience. So let's try our holiday practice centered on common humanity. I want you to think of last holiday season, okay? So 2022. And I want you to think of something you did that still makes you cringe now. Like when you think of it, you literally have to like sing a song or distract yourself from thinking about it, okay? I have many of those where (laughs) just thinking about it makes my stomach sink, right? So thinking of something, and maybe it's not last year or it's the year before, okay? Thinking of something you did that you maybe you regret or you have a lot of shame and guilt or judgment around. Something connected to the holiday season. Maybe you snapped at a family member. Maybe you forgot to do something really important. But just thinking of a thing that still stands out in your mind as a moment of shame and judgment. So now that you have that thing, I want you to ask yourself, Is this something that other people have done or is this something other people have felt? And what comes up for you as you think of that? I have a feeling that the answer is yes. Yes, most probably someone else did this and someone else felt this way. I am not alone. One of my favorite examples of common humanity I've shared it on the podcast. I will share it over and over and over again. Happened a few years ago. I got an email from HBO and it said HBO test in the subject line. And I was like, what, what the heck is this? So come to find out weeks later 
that a poor intern, some 20-year-old kid, was just trying to figure out how to use the email server at HBO, and they accidentally sent a test email to the hundreds and thousands of HBO subscribers around the world. I mean, can you imagine what this poor intern felt like? And in response, all over social media, people started to share their stories of how they messed up as interns. So thousands of people were sharing their stories of how they failed and messed up and also sharing that they are now okay, right? Even though they did this really maybe dumb thing, they are okay now. So can you imagine how this intern felt with that outpouring of common humanity? This is why it helps so much when we are going through a difficult time to talk to that person who holds no judgment, to talk to that person who reminds us that do not worry, you are not the only one. And honestly, that person can be ourselves. We can be that reminder for ourselves as well. Now we are at the third and final pillar or component of self-compassion, and that is mindfulness. So mindfulness is a really big topic, but in this case, mindfulness is about feeling the feelings. It's asking us to be present with whatever feelings are here, not running away from them, and also not exaggerating them. So usually when we go through a challenging time or a difficult time, what we tend to do is either try to ignore it, brush it under the rug, right? Run from it, which doesn't really work, right? Because we're not running away from anything. It's just going to keep going with us. Or we overly identify with it, right? We ruminate and we keep thinking about it again and again, and we fall into a story, right? We make this some story about who we are. Oh, well, of course this happened because I'm a total failure. I never know what I'm doing. So mindfulness is about allow yourself to feel the sadness, the disappointment, the pain, the embarrassment, but do not make this some story about who you are. So let's try our holiday practice centered on mindfulness. Now, this is a practice we've done on the podcast before. It's one of my favorites. It's called the which means that exercise. So from the two previous exercises we did, so either the resolutions exercise, right? Thinking of the thing you wanted to do this year and didn't do, or the last exercise, which was something you did last holiday season that still makes you cringe. I want you to choose one of those for this practice. Okay. And I want you to just kind of think of it as a succinct sentence. So for instance, if in our last practice, you were thinking of the time you snapped at your kids, the sentence would be, I snapped at my kids. Or if for the resolutions exercise, you know, maybe you wanted to read more books this year, your statement would be, I only read five books, right? So these are just examples, but I just want you to think of that sentence, right? I snapped at my kids. I forgot to buy the tickets. I forgot to submit the report. 
I wanted to travel more, whatever that may be. And now I want you to add the three words, which means that. I snapped at my kids, which means that. I forgot to submit the report, which means that. I was supposed to travel more, which means that. And I want you to think of all of the phrases that come to mind. Which means that I'm a bad parent, which means that I don't know what I'm doing with my life, which means that I don't deserve any good things in my life, which means that I'm a failure, I'm a mess. This practice is really powerful because it shows us what stories we're falling into. And it can be a hard practice. It can be really confronting. I'm telling you, when my clients do this at first, they're like, why did you make me do this? I do not feel good at all. (laughs) But we can't really work through something we're not aware of or acknowledging. And I want you to become really aware of what stories pop up for you. Because these stories aren't true. They're not. What you're going through is a difficult and challenging moment. Feel the feelings. You are allowed to feel the feelings. You are allowed to feel embarrassment and pain. You are allowed to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel disappointed or sad or angry. The stories keep us trapped there. The stories distract us from the real feelings that we really need to tend to and take care of. So mindfulness is asking us to be there with the feelings. Don't distract yourself with the shame and the judgment. Don't distract yourself with the stories. Allow yourself to really navigate whatever feeling you are feeling. So this holiday season, self-compassion is the key. It is the gift. It is the gift that keeps on giving, y'all. So don't be a Grinch this holiday season toward yourself, okay? Nobody likes the Grinch. No one. (laughs) So love, I hope there was something in this episode that resonated with you. And as we say goodbye, as we close the episode, I want you to think of one thing that is present in your heart. And let's take a deep breath in, thinking of that one thing at the top, and now breathing out. (sighs) Love, I hope you have the most incredible holiday season and end of the year. Until next week, I'll talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.